Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Epic family, how are we doing today? Listen, like we've continually said, I wish you were in this space with me. I wish we were in any space together, but I want to help us from the beginning, even before I get into this new series, I want to help us think about what we're doing, maybe through a new lens. What we're thinking about when it comes to the mission of our church, if we're not careful, is that somehow because we're not gathering here in person, that we aren't even on mission as a church. But let me tell you a couple of ways that we are on mission like we've never been before. You see, because we can't gather, we're tempted to think that our church is relegated to the sidelines and we're not doing anything important. But I want to remind us that our entire goal and vision of a church, as a church is to orient our entire lives around Jesus. And as we think about the way Jesus lived, one of the things that we've learned from his life and from his death is that the highest degree of love that exists is self-sacrificing love. I was thinking just this morning in John chapter 15, verse 13, Jesus says that greater love has no one than this than he laid down his life for his friends. Now, we're interpreting this during this time like we've never interpreted that before, but the best way, you guys, for us to lay down our lives for our friends is to stay at home. It's to protect our neighbors. It's to protect the vulnerable in our city and in our world. So I want you to know, though it feels like I'm not doing anything productive, you staying at home, you tuning in online, us actually not meeting as a church is a way that we are loving our neighbors and the city of San Francisco well. And so you are on mission, and I want you to live with that missional mindset. I also want you to know that our team here at Epic, we're so committed to leading you well during the season. Uh, we've worked overtime this week to completely pivot as a church and organization. We believe we're going to be in this mode for some time. And so we are reshaping everything we do as a church. You're going to hear some of that really soon. Some of it you've actually already been told today. But we are learning what it looks like to lead a church that's 100% in a digital space. So we're committed to you. One of the things that we literally put into play this week are what we're calling growth labs, an opportunity for you and I to gather online and to have these learning experiences that are speaking right into the world in which we're living 
today. So you're going to be able to, to jump on and discover things like how to rethink our finances during this time. What does parenting look like during this time? I know a lot of us have asked that question. Is it possible to have a great dating relationship or marriage? We're going to talk about marriage during this season. We're going to cover soul care, uh, personal growth. Like I'm so tempted not to grow in this season, but how could this season afford us an opportunity to grow that we've never been in before. And then we're going to talk about how to be a good neighbor in this season. So make sure to sign up. By the way, you can do that. We want to support not just our church community here at Epic, but your friends, wherever they are in the world, assuming it's not middle of the night for them when we do those growth labs, encourage them to tune in and to be a part of those. But you need to sign up so you can get the information to show up. For today, I'm just thinking about this idea that we spend so much of our lives longing or looking forward to a break from what's familiar, right? Like, this is why we love vacations. This is why we look forward to the weekend. Guys, this is why parents and children alike embrace the beginning of summer, because we love just getting a break from what's familiar, and yet in this season, we are just craving familiarity. You're longing to go back into the office. You can't even believe you're saying that. You, you're even longing to go back and work with people you didn't even like before COVID-19 season came. But you know what they say, right? Social distance makes the heart grow fonder. And you just want to get back to it. We want to get back to taking our kids to school for all kinds of reasons. We want to get back to being able to linger with our friends at a coffee shop. We, we want to be able to, to get back to gathering as a church with each other. There's just so much familiarity that we're actually craving in this season, but we can't have it. Because as you and I know very well right now, we are in an unfamiliar season. What do you do? How do you live in an unfamiliar season when we've never been here before? No surprise to you, we didn't set out to do this series. Like at the end of 2019, when we were thinking and envisioning all of our 2020 series, unfamiliar season, familiar God, that wasn't on the list. And so absolutely, we're starting the series today because of this current COVID-19 season. But I need to tell us something. I need to make sure that you and I know that what we're going to learn over the life of this series, it's not just going to carry us through this season, because friends, you've got to know this, familiar seasons aren't always going to be what we have. There are so many unfamiliar seasons ahead for all of us. This is just the way life works. I mean, think, think about it. You get married and it's just two of you, very familiar with just having two of you, and then you bring a child into this world and all of a sudden you're instantly in unfamiliar territory. But over time you get very familiar with this human being living under your roof until the day comes when that human being, so they've told me, moves out from under your roof and you find yourself in an unfamiliar season. Or you work at the same company for years, so incredibly familiar to you until the day they hand you a pink slip and you no longer work there and now you're back in the land of unfamiliar territory. So many of us have enjoyed pretty good health our entire lives. In fact, it's so familiar having good health that we don't even tend to thank God for it because it's just always been true in our lives. But there's a day coming for many of us when we will lose our health to some degree and we will enter an unfamiliar season. So what we want to help you do is to think about this big idea for this series. When you find yourself in an unfamiliar season, remember you have a familiar God. 
When you find yourself, because you will, you are right now, I am right now, but we will moving forward. When you change jobs, that's unfamiliar. When you move from, some of you, high school to university, when you move from university to your first job, when you move from being single to being married, or when you move from being married to being divorced, you will find yourself in an unfamiliar place. And when you find yourself in an unfamiliar season, remember you have a familiar God. During this time, it literally seems like everything has changed, right? But though most things have changed, is there anything that's the same? There is, and I want to answer this by giving you our theme verse for this series. Here it is out of Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. When when things in my life and your life aren't the same today, even as they were yesterday, it's crazy how fast things are changing in this season. You and I have to hold on to this reality and trust that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the same. Here's what that means. He's constant. He's steadfast. He's consistent. We have to embrace this reality. God, if he's just God during the high times of our lives, who needs a God like that? What we have to embrace is this fact. God is God in the famine and when it's time to feast. God is God in the light and he's God in the darkness. He's God in a bull market and in a bear market. He is God when you get promoted and when you get laid off. He is God when you are born and he is God when you die. He is God when we can gather with hundreds of people in this room and he is God when you are worshiping all alone. Of course, God needs to be there too. Otherwise, that's not the kind of worship that we want to be engaged in. He is God in all of these times. We have to know and we have to trust that reality. But I don't want to simply talk in this series about how familiar we should be with God's steadfastness in our lives. I want to talk to you about how familiar God is with me and how familiar he is with you. We anticipate this being a seven-week teaching series But for the first three weeks of this series, I want to anchor our entire epic community in Psalm 139. So if you've got a Bible on you, uh, Psalm 139, you can find it in the message notes for today. So for these first three weeks, I'm going to take six verses at a time from Psalm 139, and I want to build a case for how God is so utterly familiar with us. Uh, This is a psalm from David, and here's how it goes for the first six verses. David says back to God, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me too lofty for me to attain. God is all-knowing. I have believed that. Maybe you have too. But previously, when you and I have believed that God is a God who knows everything, I think we thought about it like this. God knows how the world began. God understands gravity. God is able to immediately answer every math problem without using a calculator. God knows the future events that are going to happen in our world. We might even believe, I certainly do, that God knows how and when this pandemic is going to end. 
That is all certainly true, but David is telling us way more than that. Here's what David is telling us in addition to all of those things. Here's what he's saying. God knows everything about you. God knows everything about you, which means he knows your fears and your anxieties. He knows your fits of rage. He knows that you love to try to control everything. He knows your current level of exhaustion. He knows the state of your mental health. He knows how you're treating the people closest to you. He knows that our emotions are all over the place. God knows whether you and I are taking in way too many daily inputs. And he also knows how much we trust him or how much we're relying on something else. If you've been to a wedding, there's a good chance that you've heard 1 Corinthians 13 read at that wedding. It's a chapter about love, but there's more in that chapter than just the text on love. In fact, in verse 12 that I'm going to share with you in just a moment, there's this understanding that there's a day coming for every Christian when we are going to be incredibly familiar with God. But it also tells us something about God's familiarity with us right now. I want you to hear this from 1 Corinthians 13, 12. This is from Paul. He says, For now we, only, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. He's saying there's this day coming, which is amazing. For every Christian, there's a day coming where we will know God intimately. We will be well acquainted with things we cannot know this side of that day. But he says, right now, you need to understand this. Right now, you are fully known by God. So the psalmist says, he says, here's how much God knows about you. He searched you out and he knows you. He knows when you sit and when you rise. He perceives our thoughts from afar. He knows all of this about us. And then he says this, and I want to say it to you. God is familiar with all your ways. God, some of you are like, oh boy. God is familiar with all your ways. He's intimately aware of what you're thinking, what you're doing, what you had for breakfast this morning how you're treating the people around you. He knows your personality. He knows all of the things about you. He's so familiar with all your ways. And then David says, before a word is on my tongue or your tongue, God knows it completely. Is that comforting or absolutely terrifying? Right? Like the fact that he knows what I'm about to say. And then he says that, that God, he, he hems us in before and behind. This idea that God is not only aware of us, but that he surrounds us. Now, I've got to tell you how to think about the reality that God surrounds all of us. You see, just because God has an awareness of us, it doesn't mean that we all have an awareness of God. And there's a way that you and I can live that, yes, God's familiar with every human being. He's so intimately aware of every single human being. Would that even make any difference, though, if we as human beings aren't that aware of God? In Psalm 32, verse 10, it says this. It says, Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. 
Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love. Now, God is not only aware of all of us, his love burns passionately for all of us. But he says his love surrounds the person who is A, aware of it, and B, is willing to put their trust in that love. You see, God being aware of us, that's a stated reality. No matter where we go, no matter who you are, no matter how spiritual you are or you aren't, no matter how young or old you are, no matter if you've been to church all the time or you have never been to church, God is so aware of you, the difference comes in whether or not you and I can be aware of him. Here's a question I want to ask you. Your life is open before God, but how open is your life to God? Your life is laid bare before God. Like, he sees it all. That thought you had last night, he knows it. The, the, the things that you're going to do with your day, he's so keenly aware of it. Your life, it's open before God. But here's your part. Here's the part that isn't guaranteed. How open have you made yourself, your life, your heart, your mind to God? You see, even though God's intimately aware of you and me, there's a way we can live that closes our heart off to his life, to his light, to his truth, to his love, to his grace, and to his mercy. And as I'm teaching this today, and you are becoming aware of God's awareness of you, can I just encourage you? Open yourself to him. Open your life to him. The, the last thing you and I would ever want is to have our lives shut off from the flow of God's love and grace and mercy and truth. As David goes on in Psalm 139, he says, like, I can't handle these thoughts. He, he's trying to, to comprehend God's awareness of him. And in verse 6, he says, he says this, that such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. He's like, I'm trying, you know when you're trying to think about something and you, you just can't wrap your mind around it, but you keep trying to go down that road? That's what he's doing. He's like, oh my gosh, this, this idea, it's just too lofty for me. It's just too much for me. It reminds me of what he also said in Psalm chapter 8, verse 3 and 4, when he said, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them human beings that you care for them. So is God far or is he near? Yes. Yes, he's both. He's the God who put the sun and the moon to hang in the sky while simultaneously being the God who's aware of human beings and cares for human beings. Think about how the Lord's Prayer begins. Think about the very first phrase of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven. He's in heaven. He is powerful. He is almighty. He is beyond what we can grasp. He is out there. He is so far. And yet he's our father. He's intimate. He's personal. He's close. He has a relationship to us. I spent a a lot of my time, as you might remember, trying to tell you to increase two things in your life always. You and I should always be seeking to increase these two things, our God-awareness and our self-awareness. We should be growing in our knowledge of who God is and in our knowledge of who God has made us to be. But you know what? God can never grow in either of these things. Here's how I'll put it on the screen for you. God cannot possibly increase his awareness of you. 
God cannot possibly, in, like if you start talking to God today and you're like, God, I had this new thought, he's not going to be like, he's going to be like, yeah, I, I know, right? Like if you're like, God, I think I want to do this with my future, he's like, right, and probably, hopefully even, he put it in there for you. He's so aware. He's aware of uh, exactly how much money down to the cent is in your bank account and how you feel about it. He's so keenly aware uh, of, of your love or hatred or apathy towards the city of San Francisco. He already knows the first place you want to travel whenever this pandemic ends. By the way, go into the chat right now and just tell us what is the first place you want to travel. Some of you are going to be humorous in this moment and you're like, to church. You're not going to get brownie points for that, but that's a great answer. But where is that vacation spot you would love to go to as soon as this ends and the entire world seems safe? God knows it already. And in fact, I'll say this, nothing about you is hidden from God. Isn't that crazy? Nothing about you is hidden from God. Psalm 139, it concludes with two verses that I am going to ask us to make part of our own daily rhythms. So I want to make sure that you see these two verses, and then I'm going to break them down into how I want every single one of us, young and old, Christian, non-Christian, because I think these four prompts that I'm going to give you today out of this chapter will serve all of us well, especially during the season. So here are the two verses. Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24. David writes, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and now lead me in the way everlasting. I want to encourage us to go through this examining prayer using these two verses from the moment we get up as well as the moment we go to bed, and I will even advocate for a third time at lunch or some moment in the middle of the day. So let's just walk through these, how you and I can just open ourselves to God as we begin every single day. The first prompt is that one in verse 23 Search me, God, and know my heart. What are we doing in that moment? We're saying, God, if you're familiar with all of my ways, like I heard from this incredible pastor giving a message today, if you're familiar with all of my ways, help me to become familiar with my ways. God, would you show me my heart? Would you show me, reveal to me what I love, what I worship? I believe these prompts can be used even with young children, parents. On this first one where we're saying to God, God, search me and help me know my heart. You can just ask your child, ask God to show you what your feelings are. Ask God to show you what it is that you're feeling today, what it is that you love. The second prompt is this one, test me and know my anxious thoughts. I know none of you have had anxious thoughts over this new unfamiliar season. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. This is just saying, God, help me understand what am I actually worried about? Is it rational? Is it irrational? Uh, is it my job? Is it my, it, perhaps your financial situation? Perhaps it's just the cabin fever that you are experiencing. Perhaps you're literally anxious about your health. And as you think about and God shows you what your anxious thoughts are, then go to scriptures. For me, I'll just give you one out of 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, where Peter says, cast all your anxieties on him, on God, because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. 
The third prompt that we want to start and end our day with is this prompt. See if there is any offensive way in me. This is just going, God, is there anything offensive in how I've interacted with you? Is there anything I've done against you? Is there anything that I've done that's offensive to the people that live under my roof? Or maybe in a Zoom meeting, I offended someone. I know a little bit easier or maybe harder to do when you're on a Zoom call. But God, show me, is there anyone that I've offended? Is there any sin that's entered my life? And as he reveals that to you, that's where we just go, God, thank you for showing that to me. Would you forgive me of that? And I want to repent of that and move towards your way and away from that way. Prompt number four, I love this one. And lead me in the way everlasting. And lead me in the way everlasting. At the heart of our Christian faith is the reality that Jesus has called us to follow and we are saying, okay, you lead me and I will go where you go. I will do what you do. I will try to be like you are in your character. Would you lead me? Let me tell you what a lot of you are discovering in this season. And I'm going to say this in a gracious way, but one of the things you're discovering in this season is that for some of you, your entire Christian faith was relegated to one or two hours that you spent at church here at Epic or wherever you went to church before this COVID-19 season came. And though it may pain you in this season to realize that you don't necessarily even have a Christian faith, you were just doing a Christian thing, I want to encourage you to begin to actually develop a personal relationship as a follower of Jesus Christ. So those four prayer prompts to start our days and to end our days. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Now to close today, as I've talked about the reality that God is so incredibly familiar with you. He knows everything about you. My guess is that most of us feel pretty exposed with that knowledge, that he knows everything. And I think feeling exposed, that's the right response when you realize that the God who is holy and pure and perfect and righteous knows everything about you. We probably should feel exposed. But what if God had a plan to provide a covering for all the parts of us that feel exposed? What if, and he did by the way, what if God were to send Jesus and Jesus were to offer his life through death on a cross to cover everything you have done that doesn't fit with God's ways, everything you are doing and everything that you will do? Let me give you just a couple of examples out of the life of Jesus to show what it looks like for us to feel exposed before him, for him to be aware of everything we've done, especially the things we've done wrong, but for him to focus his attention on something else. In John chapter 4, there was a woman that Jesus met at the well. And remember, he was familiar with all of her ways. So he said to her, I know that you've had five husbands and you're now living with a man who isn't your husband. She felt exposed. But Jesus didn't fix his attention on how many husbands she had had. He fixed his attention on giving her this water of life, on giving her this, this thing from himself that would cause her to never thirst again. You see, he knows everything about you, but he doesn't fix his attention there. In John chapter 8, even worse, a woman gets caught in the act of adultery. Everyone in that community knew exactly what she had done, including Jesus. But does he fix his attention there? 
Absolutely not. He gives her life. He frees her from that way of life and he encourages her. You're not condemned. I know it all. I'm not condemning you, but I am urging you to go live differently in the future. He's wanting to meet you right there. And if you've never had this day, you've never had this moment where you receive the covering of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross for your sins, I want to encourage you to receive that covering today. And if you're receiving the covering today, you can simply get your phone out, text the word BEGIN to 313131. I want us to remember what we read from Psalm 32, verse 10. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in Him. Church, we are in an unfamiliar season, but we have a God who's familiar to us, and we have a God with whom we are so familiar to Him. And he wants to meet us right where we are, aware of all the baggage, aware of all the fears, aware of all the concerns. He wants to meet us in that place, and he wants to provide a covering for all of us. Remember, it's one thing for your life to be open to God. It already is. But in this season, will you open your life to God? Let me pray for us. God, thank you for who you are. God, thank you for being not only the God who made the sun and the stars and the moon, but you're the God who made us. You care for us. You're familiar with all of our ways. And God, as we're in this season where we're just like, oh my gosh, how, how do we just get back to something familiar? Help us to press into the reality, Jesus, that you're the same yesterday and today and forever. And would you walk us through this daily prompt? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me. And then, God, would you lead us in the way everlasting? God, would you build something in us during this unfamiliar season that will carry us into every future season we walk into? In the strong name of of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Seth's going to lead us in a song that just declares that God... I'm now aware of you, and my awareness of you, it's so much bigger than what I thought before. Let's sing and worship. Thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.